For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. We're back and better than ever. A new web interface for the rest of the NBA season and more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all the basketball and football action this season. Head to the new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code BELIEVE50 to receive your bonus. From basketball, football, NHL, boxing, UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. Bet Online, where the game starts. And what's up, everybody? Welcome to a brand new episode of the Believe in Clippers podcast. Jesse Cass and Alex Acker back with you here, talking about some L.A. Clippers basketball, coming fresh off of a 102-90 win against the Portland Trailblazers to jump back over 500. So much for us to, to get caught up on and talk about. So, Alex, how are things going over there? Going amazing. It's freezing over here, <laughs> but everything's good. You know, I'm a California kid, and they get all seasons out here, so my butt off but everything's good though <laughs> yeah i don't think it's as cold here but at least you know you don't have to be too worried it's it's in that chillier la zone where it feels like it's super cold so at, le- at least for that you're not you're not missing too much uh in the past few days man i just seen a picture of you in the beach i'm kind of jealous right now <laughs> man, so <laughs> kudos to you <laughs> Appreciate it. Uh, yeah, no, it's um, obviously it's been a little bit since we've been back here recording. We're going to get back into our usual usual schedule, but it's been such an interesting start to the season for the Clippers. Now we mentioned they they hop back over five hundred, thirteen and twelve. You know, we talked when they started one and four, and they rattle off a seven game win streak, and then kind of a you know up and down roller coaster a little bit for the team. Uh, what have you seen from them uh, just in terms of? kind of trying to find themselves, obviously working through some health issues, but uh, so far uh, with that with that 13-12 and 12 record. Now, i just seen everybody that, that needs to step up has been stepping up, you know what I mean? They're not relying so much on Paul George to actually come over the hurdles and stuff like that, where they're relying on the key point, I mean, all-star, which he is, but, you know, uh, Paul George doing this thing, but you got other guys that's stepping up uh, um, that's, that's contributing, and the consistency is there, you know, for them. Yeah, and it's so funny to look at, you know, 13 and 12. Obviously, I think the Clippers could probably feel like they'd be doing a little bit better. You know, as we said, health is certainly a part of that. You know, they ended up having a couple losses to, you know, both New Orleans and Sacramento. Um, You know, some outlier games from their opponents there. But uh, all things considered, it's hard to be too upset, at least just because of how the rest of the league looks with that record when you you look at it now, they're sitting still in the five spot in the West just because so many teams, it seems like, are dealing with similar issues, whether it's health, whether it's continuity, whether it's, you know, a whole number of different issues. But Clippers at the five seed, you see the Lakers, the Mavs, the Nuggets, uh, 
the T-Wolves, the Blazers, the Kings, they're all either at 500 or below. So, you know, there's so many teams bunched together, whether, you know, it could be that there's just more parity in the league this year or it just could be one of those starts where people are getting off to a slow start. But it's one of those things where Clippers might feel fortunate that they, despite not playing their best basketball at all times, are still in a good spot in terms of the standings. Yeah, for sure. And those teams that you just said, too, we're used to actually seeing them in the you know top two to five seeds or four seeds, and to see you know the the Nuggets at the bottom, um, you know the Clippers, they'll yeah, be around that that area. The Lakers, you know, as far as the depth that they have as well, too, um, they're all struggling at a situation where um, injuries is playing a lot, you know, a, a huge toll for all these these teams. You know, it's cool in the Clippers. You know, we know we got Kawhi out. Um, implementing Sergio Baca, who was supposed to be a key piece for you know the the, the franchise, um, and those things are you know is, is plaguing a lot of teams right now that we see that should be you know in the contending of the race of the top one, two, and three seed for sure. Yeah, and, and for the Clippers, you mentioned uh, obviously the integration of Ibaka. Um, you know, there's a couple other players that are have either been out or have been coming back as well. But l- let's start there with Serge. Uh, you know. Ty Lue's been tinkering with the lineup, as he often does. We've seen Serge, you know, do his G League stint to get his stamina back up. He, as you mentioned before we started recording, he was in the starting lineup in a kind of jumbo big lineup for a couple of games. He then hasn't really played much in the past two games because Hartenstein has been playing so well. So what have you seen from Serge in terms of his progression and getting back to, to the guy that you mentioned is expected to be a, you know, a big contributor for the ball club? Yeah, for sure. I think I think for any injury, it's, it's hard to bounce back. It's a mental standpoint. Um, uh, just getting a feel for the game, you know what I mean, and, and the tempo and the speed, um, the pace that you normally play with, um, trying to catch up to these guys as well as, you know, being um, the force that you can be. So um, they implemented him. He actually wanted to go down to the G League from my understanding. Yeah. Um, he mentioned that he wasn't, you know what I mean, a LeBron James character. Or, um, so he had to start from that point on. You know, he wasn't going to be given uh, a role that he had uh, up until this point. So um, I just like the transition that um, Tom Rolou did. He threw him right into the fire of, of a starting um, top five um, after he's been, you know, working his butt off in the G League. And it's been showing. He's been pretty dominant down there and um you know he's been playing really good for him with the minutes that he has with the clippers as well too so um i think it's good to actually see him you know back from my standings you know to have a force that's, that can pick and pop and do a lot of things for us and he'll get back to it it's still a long season and i think he's going to be actually you know um, well equipped of that season veteran that he is when the time is right for sure yeah and i think the clippers have the luxury of taking their time with Serge, whether it's, you know, as you said, he's been in and out of the rotation a little bit. You know, we've seen him have a couple of nice games shooting the ball, a couple of other games where he struggled, but they have the luxury of taking it slow with him if they if they want to because of the depth that they've been able to build and a big part of it, someone we've talked about a couple times in this show already, but Isaiah Hartenstein, who they find in the offseason as their last roster spot, had to compete for that spot. And man, has he been good? He has, you know, he's really been a a big time find for the Clippers. Just a strong, physical player who plays tough defense, scores with a, you know in a variety of ways, and passes from that mid post area. So they really, again, we've said it a couple years in a row, but the end of that roster spot, a, a minimum deal, they find another 
gem and, and have been able to use that to their advantage and, and taking it slow with Ibaka on the other end. Yeah, yeah. He's been actually missing Eisenstein a lot, too. And he's <laughs> he's been showing up a lot, you know, um, as a presence for sure that's needed. So he's been he's been really somebody that you can depend on um, down the stretch. Um, with little minutes that he had, you know, the 13 minutes, he's still efficient. You know what I mean? Four blocks is huge. Um, and just being a president of altering shots down there and um, – Letting sure, making sure that you know you can't just be coming down to the lane and thinking you have an easy layup. So that's huge for the for the Clippers, you know, to have that standpoint on the on the defensive end. Yeah, and obviously, you know, Hardenstein's a role player. He's not going to be the the star of any team, but you know, especially with trading Patrick Beverly a year ago, I think you need those guys who kind of have that fire to 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 keep the team, you know, motivated and hyped. And and he's one of those guys who's who's always energetic. Always, you know, getting the guys going and, and trash talking and being yeah. physical. And you know, last yeah. night in the game against Portland, even though Nurkic had a big game, you know, it was Hartenstein who was in there late in the fourth quarter, making big defensive plays, getting under Nurkic's skin. You know, Nurkic hit him with the elbow and got the flagrant late in the game, which kind of turned things. So, you know, little things like that has has made a big difference in terms of, you know, just those minutes where, you know, start of the season it was kind of just. Oh, it's Zubats, and then do we go small? What's the real backup big situation? Uh, now you have Zubats, Hartenstein, and Ibaka at that center spot, so uh, it, it's turned into a real strength for the team. For sure. Hartenstein does not care about exerting fouls at all. You know what I mean? <laughs> In 13 minutes, he's fouling out the game, so <laughs> he's going to use all of them, man. Yeah, he's uh, yeah. he goes for the sprint, not the not the long marathon. So. <laughs> That's a fact. <laughs> but yeah, the, the Clippers will certainly take it there. Um, you mentioned Serge working his way back, and we'll see you know, what his minutes progression is like. Uh, another player who had been out for a big chunk of the season and had been such a big part of the team a year ago uh, is Marcus Morris, who Morris, the past yeah. three or four games, I think we're starting to see that guy that we saw a year ago. As, he, you know, as we mentioned with Serge, it's going to take anyone a little bit of time, especially after a long layoff, to to get their legs under them, get going, feel comfortable. I think we saw Morris struggle a little bit early, but the past three ball games, twenty one points, twenty one points, seventeen points. So he, you know, that shooting, that touch, uh, it seems to be back for him, and obviously that's a, that's a huge plus for for the Clippers and what they want to do going forward. Not for sure. I mean, to be to be a shooter. In, in a sense, you got to have a feel for the game. You know, what I mean, you got to get that rhythm. You got to get that that good rest. I don't know whatever it is. The birds got to flap the right way and sing. Like it's got to be a, a good feeling. You know what I mean? And once you get that bug, it's it's a it's a awesome feeling to go into any arena knowing that you know that ball you can just shoot it into any ocean. So Morris has always been a a, a threat. You know, from deep and. Um, you know, he's right around his average as far as 12 points a game. And um, just to see him actually getting it now rather than waiting till later. Because we always see him, like, coming in a little bit towards the, the end of the season where he's blossoming. Uh, but now to get it now is going to be huge, you know, moving forward to get that energy and that, that, that rotation of the ball, seeing the ball go through the net now. I think it's going to carry on tremendously for the, uh, for the offseason, for sure. I mean, for the playoffs. Yeah, and obviously the the biggest player outside of Kawhi, who you mentioned, who you know, whenever he comes back, that's a whole that's a whole another world of difference. But uh, is of course Nick Batum, and you know it's hard to understate 
just how important he is to the team. And I think we've seen it uh, on both ends of the floor. Now, the Clippers' defense has still been great all year, but we've seen their offense at times, you know, really bog down and struggle. And I think that just Batum being that guy who always is keeping the ball moving and he's cutting and moving and getting to the open spots, you know, he's just yeah. that, that glue guy that, along with doing little things, he's going to make shots, he's going to make plays. Uh, and I think, you know, him being out with COVID and just being on, in, in protocols and, you know, finally getting back in the practice gym the other day, he's going to go down voluntarily like Serge did for a little G League tune-up. Uh, but, you know, his presence is, is sorely missed. And I think when he comes back and you, you add in Morris being there, Ibaka being there, you know, everyone being healthy, knock on wood, um, you know, I, I think that we can finally get a real glimpse at, at this team, hopefully – you know, getting some consistency and putting a win streak together again. Yeah, that would be nice too. Um, to tie into what you said, which is crazy, is that I, I got a privilege of actually playing with somebody um, like that, um, a centerpiece that doesn't speak too much, but just does so much good things on the court that is as vital as Tayshawn Prince. And it reminds me of like a similar Tayshawn Prince um, energy where you can always rely on him. You know what I mean? And and I didn't think he was going to be that threat of a, of a poised demeanor that he that he is. Um, but Batum definitely has um, a gift to uh, just being on the right situation, making the right reads, like he said, the right passes, um, attacking when needed. You know what I mean? Guarding big big guys. You know what I mean? And and putting people in certain situations where they can actually be um, a huge threat. So. Uh, um, I didn't think that he was going to be able to do that uh, when they brought him in for the simple fact that I knew what he was capable of, but just to actually have that centerpiece around, um, it's definitely missing, you know. So he's going to be huge um, when he does come back for sure for the Clippers. Yeah, and I think you and I were probably two of the, the more optimistic people when that signing happened, and, and like, we said it last year as well, but it's really kind of blown away even our expectations for just – you know, as you said, you would think, oh, steady in locker room presence, you know, hopefully he'll hit some open shots and, and be a good addition. And then it turns into not only that, but as you said, a, you know, a quiet leader, poised, someone who is really essential to this team and, and their success in terms of how they want to play, how they can, they can play small, they can play big. He kind of fits into it all uh, and, you know, on both ends of the floor has become just so important for the team overall. Yeah, he doesn't get a lot of praises at all, yeah. Yeah, so we see the little things that he do, which is huge. Yeah, and anxiously awaiting uh, Nick Batum's return. Uh, you know, for for the Clippers, I think you look at you know something that obviously Batum isn't gonna gonna fix it all because it's a team wide issue, but turnovers and and really sloppy, unforced turnovers have kind of been one of the main issues with the Clippers so far this season. Uh, you know, that's something that's obviously correctable, but. Uh, what have you noticed in terms of the turnovers and and how they can you know go about cleaning that up? They the past two games it should be mentioned they've kept those totals pretty low. Um, but what but what do you see in terms of just kind of cutting down on those to, to give themselves a better chance? No, I mean it's just it's just a simple thing. Um, it's the identity of the Clippers. Sometimes we get carried away, you know, just on the the, the person the, op, the opponents that we're playing against, um, knowing when to run, when not to run. Um, knowing how to run, and, and I think that's the hugest thing right there. You know, so um, you can play every game, um, not always the same way, 
But at the same time, you just got to be patient and poised of knowing the situations. And that comes with a mixture of the veterans that we have and to the, to the young corps um, that's out there. Um, we do tend to mix a lot of um, um, individuals on the court that probably haven't played that long with each other. So that's probably a situation where um, it tends to happen. But for the most part, those are, those are key things that they just got to be mindful of for sure. Just the small errors and turnovers and the careless um, attributes that they have on the court, it can be cleaned up for sure. And that's just going over just watching film a little bit more and knowing where you know guys need to be at and where they should be at at the right time. And that's a good point, too. The, the players that obviously don't have as much familiarity playing with each other, I think that's certainly part of it. Because uh, some of the turnovers, to be honest, look look rough. Where it's just like you said, maybe it's maybe a, a, a player's in the wrong spot, but you know, just floating the pass, trying to squeeze it in a spot where there's no chance of the pass getting through. You know, it's those kind of turnovers where it's like, okay, you know, those those should be able to be cleaned up pretty easily just because they're they're not great plays, you know, necessarily. So I, I think that you know when they clean that up consistently, that'll make a world of difference and. And, you know, open up the offense, which is, as we mentioned, been kind of up and down. They've really had their struggles through through a lot of games. And, you know, again, we mentioned Batum could help that. Obviously, having Morris back definitely helps that. Um, but but having more creators who are maybe not trying to do too much for the Clippers uh, and take a little bit of load off Paul George will, will help in terms of that, that turnover total as well. 100% true, yeah, for sure. For sure, yeah. Yeah, and speaking of PG, I know we, we, you know, you can't really talk about the Clippers these days, especially without talking about Paul George and what he's done and, and what he's meant to the team. You know, he had has had a couple of games where, you know, by his standards, has played maybe not up to the highest level that we've seen the rest of the year, but in general, you look at his numbers for the year and, again, just, just off the charts and, and carrying a team, 25 points a game, over seven rebounds, five assists, almost two steals, so really doing it all. He closed the game with big time buckets. Yeah. yeah. Big time buckets last night. And yeah, you meant yeah, seven rebounds. Just almost near the top in terms of the entire team. Uh, you know, only behind Zubots in terms of rebounds per game. So just showing he is really doing it all for the Clippers, uh, in, in trying to keep them afloat this season. Yeah, for sure. This is the eleventh year, you know what I mean? And a lot of things are going his way. Um I think he's probably leading us in turnovers too, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> we were talking about that. Yeah, he does. He <laughs> does have. He does have a little over four turnovers a game, so that's high. But <laughs> <laughs> the ball's in his hand majority of the time. You yeah. know what I mean, and uh, for him to make you know uh, the reads that he needs to make for sure. Um, but to average 25 points at you know year 11 is phenomenal. You know what I mean? To get down there and rebound and and, and still be efficient at that level is phenomenal you know so um i think literally man just watching his game just no lie i couldn't think he can get any smoother but he's gotten <laughs> smoother this year man. Yeah. it's crazy he's gotten a lot smoother it's like like running water smooth so um he's really in his bag this year it kind of feels like the paul george from um Indiana days where it's just him you know and I think he's taking that initiative where he's not relying on 
wait till my you know my big brother or my my brother comes back Kawhi. It's kind of like I'm gonna run with these dogs and I'm I'm gonna go you know run through walls with these guys right now. So I got that vibe from him, just the way he's playing right now and the way the leadership he's showing on the court. And it's really a continuation of of the playoffs last year, right? Because Kawhi goes down, you know, it's kind of that I want to call it make or break, but it's just one of those you know, put you to the test moments for Paul George last year where, you know, he's coming off the, the poor showing in the bubble, he's performing well, Kawhi goes down, and it's just that opportunity where he can lead and step up, he does that, you know, takes him to the conference finals, plays extremely well, and kind of gets comfortable in that role, you know, immediately being put to the test, you got to do it now on the biggest stage where I think that's been a an easy crash crash course and you know kind of relearning of being the guy for him uh and it's led into this season where you know he he knew Kawhi's status he knew coming in that hey i've got to be that guy again and uh and he certainly has as you said by the numbers and and what he's done and like you said the the smoothness of his game you know every once in a while he'll he'll throw it back with one of those impressive dunks but for the most part he's kind of slithering through people using that euro step the smooth crossover the step back you know he as you said he's got the whole bag working and uh you know it's been fun to watch even through some of these recent games where when the shooting totals aren't as good as you know he would like them to be he's still creating for his teammates he's still defending he's still rebounding as we said so it's really been you know kind of an all-around performance for for paul george and in leading the team Yes, they looking like cones out there, man. <laughs> Defenders, the way he's playing, they looking like cone drills, man. And you know, he's always one to actually get to the line um, the right way, not flopping. I'm throw that out there. He's, he's, <laughs> he's getting to the line efficient, you know. So um, it takes off a lot of slack for even if he does, you know, go from like five for twenty or seven for twenty-one. Um, he's definitely, you know, putting on a threat, you know, down there. Um, I like I like what he's doing right now for sure. You know, I, I think the standings of the Clippers is not where they need to be for sure. But uh, um, you know, the way these guys are playing, it should definitely pan out right now. We're above fifty percent, so that's pretty go- pretty dope right now. Say goodbye to dull gifts. Lightbox lab-grown diamonds are the brightest gift of the year. Using cutting-edge technology and innovative techniques, they've cracked the science of the sparkle creating the highest quality lab-grown diamonds you can find at a light price, $800 per carat. They have the same chemical makeup of natural diamonds but are just grown in a lab. Because of their process, they can create stones in blush pink and beautiful blue, as well as classic white. Lightbox lab-grown diamonds are the gift they'll never want to take off, priced so they won't have to. They really do make any outfit sparkle. Visit lightboxjewelry.com to add sparkle to your holiday shopping. That's lightboxjewelry.com. Lightbox Diamonds, never a dull moment. Yeah, and it's it's so funny and just how much confidence you have in in Tyron Lue with just kind of what we saw from him. Of course, in Cleveland, but but last year with his ability to to adapt and hold things back when he needs to, and then release them at the right time. You know, obviously the Clippers have had great coaches in the past as well, but uh, there's really no concern in terms of is this coaching staff going to do the right thing? Because you know Ty Lue is always going to – he's not afraid to make changes. He's not afraid to, to tinker and, and try new things. But he's always going to put the Clippers in, in the best position to win. So I think, you know, even when they're struggling at times, you feel comfortable with, with who they have in charge and kind of the direction that they're going. Yeah, for sure. For sure. 
T. Lou's doing an amazing job. I, I feel I feel a vibe where they 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 probably bouncing off ideas. He's probably asking them questions. You know what I mean? What do you think about this? It kind of feels like it's a player situation where the coach is actually a huge contribution of just helping and being a coach. You know, understands he's not trying to be. Um, a spotlight by no means. He's behind the scenes and he's letting these guys play and figure it out themselves. So they're taking risks that they normally don't take. Nobody's timid out there, you know, and um, everybody's doing an amazing job so far. Yeah, and, you know, I think that, you know, certainly the, whatever you want to call it, law of averages or, you know, just players getting back to what we're, we're used to seeing from them, you know, despite still putting up great numbers, like we said, Paul George at 25 points a game, Reggie Jackson's at 17 points per ball game, but both of them, you know, Reggie more so in particular, have have had their struggles in shooting the ball a little bit. You know, Reggie still 33% from three. You know, we, we saw in the playoffs in last year, he's someone who can be up around 40% when he's really cooking. So, you know, he's someone who could be even better than what we've seen. He's had a couple of rough shooting nights. And Paul George, who's at just about 32% from three, we know how good a shooter he is. So, you know, you, yeah. you look at those type of things where, on top of everything else, guys getting healthy, everyone getting back, you know, you start rounding out those shooting averages, and then, you know, th- that obviously helps the offense, you know, a tremendous amount get flowing and get going to, to what the Clippers have been used to in the past. True. No, that's true. That's yeah. true. Yeah, and one thing we mentioned before we were, we got on air here, we were talking, uh, you know, who knows how, how long-term it is, how long-lived it is, but... Uh, Brandon Boston getting himself into the rotation past couple of games. He had a nice output against Portland, threw up 13 points. Uh, so, you know, we talked about it before, but for the Clippers, who it's still very early, but, you know, someone they get in the 50s in the draft to be this talented, this potential of a steal is huge for them. And the fact that, you know, he dropped 46 in the G League the other day, earning his way up to, you know, get some minutes in the NBA and, and certainly yeah. not shy or scared. Uh, he's he's ready to play. He's ready to shoot and score, uh, and that's been very evident in the minutes he he's gotten the floor. And he's really been kind of the the bright spot in terms of he's always up and cheering. He's always the cheerleader on the bench when he's not playing. So he's been a, a huge positive for for the Clippers in, in a lot of ways. Yeah, he's been a huge positive. I think he's got this guy's been ready for a long time. You know, the G League has always been got producing a lot of guys with with hell of potential. Um, we've seen him go down there and do some damage, keep track of him. He's been doing damage since the summer league as well, too. So um, he's been waiting for some tick, you know. Um, and it, it takes away a little bit, I see, as far as team man's minutes that we talked about earlier. Um, but for the most part, uh, um, the, the minutes that have been taken away has been given to, um, if not better, more, you know, potential from that bright side looking up, you know what I mean? So... Um, Boston's doing a hell of a job for the minutes that he's got. 19 minutes is crazy, you know. Um, really efficient from outside to shooting 50%. So um, I'm looking forward to more minutes with this guy. Uh, T-Man has always been a hell of a defender, so we know what he's going to bring to the table for sure. Uh, We've always been T-Man fans, you mm-hmm. know, so it's since the beginning. And uh, waiting for him to get more tick. But Boston has been doing a hell of a job uh, for the minutes that he's had for sure. Yeah, I, like I said, I just love his fearlessness and, and as a young player, just not being afraid or having any hesitation to shoot the ball. You know, he knows that, that he's out there to score and to shoot. And 
And the fact that he's knocking down the three ball and not hesitant there, I think is the kind of the most eye-opening thing where we knew he was a scorer uh, in his one season at Kentucky. You know, he didn't shoot the ball well, and that doesn't seem to be an issue at all. So if he's already a consistent three-point shooter and has all the other offensive tools, then, uh, as we said, that could be a huge steal for the Clippers and getting him so late in the draft. So that's that's amazing to see. And you had to highlight that for him getting into the rotation a little bit and having some fun with the Clips. So uh, congrats to Brandon Boston and, and helping out the squad. And and finally, um, we got we to gotta shout out Luke Kennard because we know that you know he had his ups and downs a year ago. And, man, has he been a lights-out shooter, which we know he could be, but 43% from three. He got in the starting lineup the other night. Uh, it produced big time for the Clippers again. Obviously had the big shots in the win against the Lakers to close that game out. So, you know, I think in speaking about getting comfortable, we've seen Luke kind of find his role, find consistent minutes, and, uh, you know, doing what they signed him for, making big shots, helping take some playmaking pressure off the other guys, and, and being, you know, a, a nice part of the team. Yeah, for sure. Luke and I has been amazing. i seen that game against the Lakers. It was pretty awesome, you know, and uh, he was shooting the heck out of that ball. Kennard's been somebody that we was always happy about when they actually uh, signed for him and uh, traded for him. Um, he was doing some damage against Detroit, you know, and we was waiting for him to actually, you know. We saw spurts for sure last game, last season, I'm sorry, where he was actually, you know, doing his thing for sure. But he's been really a huge asset right now, especially in the three-point range. So, uh, yeah, hats off to Luke Kennard for doing an amazing job. Lights out. Duke guys has always been nasty, though, man. You know what I mean? <laughs> My books. <laughs> they always had that fierce mentality. So, yeah, we, we was waiting for that, and it's definitely needed for sure to be a threat. I love Luke's game, too, more than anything, just because he can put it on the floor. He's not just settling for threes, you know. So you got to play him honest. You got to play him fair for sure. Um, a guy with a quick relax, uh, reflex uh, release like that is crazy, you know, just as well as him putting it on the floor and being efficient from that way as well. Yeah, and I think that's one of the reasons why the Clippers made that trade to begin with. You know, Shamit was a guy who could shoot the ball as well, but not really as, you know, as confident in putting it on the floor and creating as Kennard was. And, and as you said, we've seen that more and more as Kennard has gotten more comfortable where, you know, he's obviously not going to be someone who's racing to the rim, but he, he does know how to pump fake, go, get inside the lane. He's got that little floater and mid-range, and he's a good passer. So he's someone who... You know, you think of as a shooter, but as you said, he can do a lot more and kind of has put that on display. And when he does, it just opens up the outside shot even more. So I think that, you know, the fact that he's playmaking and putting it on the floor along with shooting really well has been nice to see and should only, you know, bode, bode well as the future goes on for the Clips. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Plays play simple, a good defense. You know, a guy that can actually, you know, defend a little bit as well as run the pick and roll, which is huge, you know, so... Definitely, it's good. It's a great feeling to actually have another guard that's confident to run and pick and roll and getting guys organized into the to the sets. Yeah, and yeah. and finally, before before we wrap this thing up, we mentioned we mentioned it obviously at the top, but what are your thoughts on just kind of the the parity in the league right now? Where you mentioned the Western Conference, all these teams hovering around five hundred. Of course, you have you know the Warriors and the Suns who are you know playing crazy basketball right now. But outside of that. Yeah. Everyone's kind of clumped together there. You know, similar in the East, you got a couple teams at the top, and then again, about, you know, seven or eight teams that are clumped together with similar records there. 
Uh, so what are your thoughts on just the parity in the league, a lot of teams hovering around that same spot, around 500, uh, and just how that plays out the rest of the season? You know, I think I think for, for the most part, those teams that you actually mentioned, um, the Suns and the Warriors, um, they just need to keep pieces around them. You know what I mean? They got some great steals as far as the Golden State Warriors with a lot of shooting threat. Um, which is phenomenal. They even got a huge piece that's about to be coming any minute now from, uh, yeah. uh, what's my ass name? Shoot. With Clay. Uh, with Clay, yeah. So, you know, that's going to be even scarier. Um, Steph Curry is playing out of his freaking mind right now. You know what I mean? Even in layup line, it's <laughs> <dude was> crazy. <laughs> <laughs> He's a threat. So, um, the imperative of it all, though, is, is really, I just see that these guys, as far as the Suns, too, um, they weren't gonna, they weren't hit by the bug as far as the injuries. Um, they need to keep pieces around them. Um, they brought in McGee. You know, it is a huge presence and a threat um, uh, from that standpoint as well. And you already had elite scores from Booker and from Chris Paul running the point guard, you know, top five point guard from that standpoint. Um, to go all the way to that point, uh, I didn't see it happening of them being this, you know, efficient. Of actually going like seven and zero and stuff like that, I thought they were going to have some hiccups. Um, but if you really understand it, though, um, they didn't have to do a lot, you know, as far as the nucleus that they had of bringing the camaraderie into a organ. I mean, to the to the team. So it was just already flowing from that standpoint already. You know, uh, I think that's huge for both of those teams for sure. Yeah, and and I think. Like you said, with the rest of the league as well, I think that health is a part of it. I do think that more teams, you know, whether it's the, you know, the the shifting of the lottery odds and teams not trying to tank as much, whatever it is, but yeah. we see, you know, a lot more teams being really competitive and and trying to to go for it in a sense, even if it's not going for the title, they're going for building and getting better and being more competitive. So I think I think we've seen that up and down the league and reflected in the standings. So it's been fun to see. Obviously, as we said for the Clippers, we hope they can start to pull away and get, you know, above the pack a little bit. But, uh, you know, we'll see with this upcoming schedule. As you said, no team outside of a few are really easy games anymore. So any game, you know, is kind of a toss-up in terms of, you know, both teams feel like they have a chance to win coming in. But, you know, a couple more home games coming up for the Clippers. They got a little three-game homestand with Boston, Orlando, and then that aforementioned Phoenix team that we talked about before getting on the road a little bit. So, uh, you know, a chance to, to get back home and, and try to build a little streak, and we'll see if, uh, you know, they can do that this week. Yeah, for sure. What, what do you think also, before we hang up, though, um, like a lot, a lot of teams that I see that, that that are powerhouses back in the days where they, they, you know, the big three, now down there, the big four, you know, the, the, the Lakers and these teams, I don't think they're more feared than anything right now. These small teams that were small at one point, like you said, like the Bulls, even the the – Minnesota, you know what I mean? Yeah, Minnesota as well. Like, these teams are coming alive where they're actually having, you know, some heart into the into the organization right now, the way they're playing, which is phenomenal, you know? So, it's kind of, to me, it's scary. But some of these teams that you'll see um, that you don't think that's not in, you know, your radar, they're, 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 they're a threat now, you know? Um, how are you seeing some of these teams, um, like the Bulls, for instance, playing, uh, for to be a contender in a way. You think that's a situation where it can happen? Yeah, and, and I think, like I was saying as well, I think it's a lot more teams, you know, building themselves to, to be competitive and to win. And then 
you know, you throw in the fact that uh, even though there are some teams with great talent, I think there's amazing talent throughout the league now, and there's not really that team like the Warriors in you know in the mid in the mid late you know 2010s where they had you know Curry and Durant and Clay. There are great teams, but there's no one juggernaut team that you're terrified of, and I think that all all of these guys are super talented. Uh, like you said, even going up, like obviously the Lakers have you know those three huge names. Um, you know, as we mentioned, it might be somewhat of an awkward fit, and they've had plenty of injury issues as well. But regardless, you know, I think that that more so now because there's so much talent and and you know spread out across the league, teams like you said are coming in excited rather than scared. You know, there no one's really yeah. fearing anyone else. Um, they're ready to come in and compete and play. I think that mentality is there for for a lot of these ball clubs and uh, you know outside as you said maybe just a few teams at the very bottom uh, everyone else feels like they have a shot on any given night and I think it's uh, it's really fun to see and hopefully something that you know is a trend that continues because you said it's been a while since we've seen so many teams hover around 500 and, and really be this competitive uh, you know collectively as a league. No, that's true. Definitely. It's exciting. it's exciting basketball for sure. I'm excited to watch any team that pops on the two. Um, and it's been happening for a long time where I'm not turning the two when I see Utah play. Like, I want to see Utah play, you know what I mean? And <laughs> yeah. The list goes on for a lot of other teams that's that's in the league, you know, uh, fighting for, you know, to get one of those spots in the, in the playoffs. Yeah, no question. So, as of now, the Clippers, despite maybe not playing their best basketball, as we said, at all times, still sit in the five seed in the West. So, uh, in a good spot, hoping to, to get healthier and keep it rolling. As mentioned, they've got Boston coming up next on Wednesday. That'll be here in L.A. So, uh, Alex, great stuff as always. We'll tap in again next week to, to see how this little three-game homestand has gone and, and look forward from there. But thanks for tapping in as always, and uh, we'll keep this thing rolling on Believe in Clips. Let's go. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.